Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Limit Jumper podcast. I'm your host, James Macy. We are back at you really quick with uh, uh, episode two of season two. Uh, yes, yeah, season two is finally here. Very excited uh, to re- release season two. If you saw episode one with MMA fighter Anthony Basile, be sure to check that out on YouTube or Spotify. Um, getting right into it, obviously, uh, the listeners who have been with me this far, um, we like to talk about um, NBA as well as those personal interviews. Um, and nothing's changed, and we're coming right at, right back at you with the NBA segment. Um, the title of this segment is going to be called The Definition of a Super Team. Now, I have two people uh, joining me today, uh, my good friend and colleague, Brandon Rosenthal, and one of our newest writers, Amari Stewart. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Doing good, man. Down in Dallas, Texas right now. It's 100 degrees, but it feels great. Um, I'm doing all right. It's actually hot as hell here in L.A. too. So um, it's just about that time, you know. Oh, yeah. That just just hit August and uh, I'm already I'm already looking forward to the, uh, the next NBA season. But um, now I, I believe the definition of super team, I think the term is overused, um, obviously. We're bringing the news back around with the recent accusations by the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, we have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you can even throw in the Golden State Warriors. Um, but I kind of want to throw this over to Brandon first because he's he's the L.A. native. He's the Lakers guy. What do you have to say about the recent comments of Los Angeles being considered as a super team again? I mean, that just goes to show you that people think LeBron James is still really good at basketball, man. Like the dude's 36 years old and people are like, oh, it's a super team. It's like, all right, well, <clears throat> it just, I take it as jealousy um, as a Laker fan. I, I, you know, it is what it is, man. This is what we've been doing for the history since we moved to Los Angeles. We literally, you know, moved from Minneapolis, came over here and been buying superstars ever since. So um, it's kind of what we do. Westbrook is a little bit past. Um, if he's in his prime, it's the very tail end of it. Um, and we all know Melo's not in his prime. He's a role player. Dwight's a role player at this point in time. So really, we still got a big two. That's what we got. We got a big two. And really, um, the fact that LeBron's considered a big two at this point of his career is, is pretty astonishing, right? You know, you know, MJ was counting cards over um, at this point in his career. And then when he came back to Washington, there's no way that he could have done this. And not that the comparison is accurate, but it's just like when we're talking about age and super teams, like, you know, there's a team in Brooklyn that is essentially getting a pass. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Like there's a team where three dudes are in their prime. Like they're literally in their prime all together making max money, you know, like, so that's what I have to say about that. And everybody who was saying the Lakers are a super team was saying that Westbrook is washed and Car- Carmelo's washed. Dwight's a bum. Like get out of here. That's what I have to say about that. Mari, with the with the the term super team being overly used this season in particular, and we're bringing it back when we thought uh, that term was no longer, um, do you think the Brooklyn Nets should be, as in Brandon's words, should not get a pass or they're getting a pass, but do you think they 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 should be more recognized as a super team? Or do you think that because they didn't win the NBA championship this year that everyone's kind of saying, oh, well, I guess they're not that good. 
Well, I think they are a super team. And as you know, I'm a Bucs fan, so this might sound a little biased, but I think they ran into a better constructed team, right? Like, I think you look at the 2011 Heat, and it's easy to say, and LeBron did sort of melt down, but it's easy to not give the Mavericks their credit because you can be a super team and still have some flaws to your roster, right? So I think the Nets are a super team because they have three guys who everyone considers top 10. A lot of people have Harden and KD in their top five and even have KD one. And sort of like Brendan said, I think it's funny that all the people calling the Lakers a super team are people who last year are calling Westbrook, Westbrick, um, Mello. He, he couldn't even get, like, teams didn't want to sign him two years ago. And you have the Nets. Harden last year with the Rockets the past few years was given 40 or 50 a game. Kyrie hit arguably the biggest final shot ever. And KD is KD. He's been a top three player for the past decade. So if that doesn't constitute a super team, then I really don't know what does. And it just goes to show you that other teams around the league are getting a lot better. And we're still not resulting to calling them a super team. I mean, obviously, with the recent accusations coming out uh, with the NBA looking into the sign and trade deal uh, surrounding Chicago, but Chicago assembled Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Vucevic, and Zach Levine. What is that considered? Is that a super team? Uh, in the eyes of the NBA, uh, an average casual NBA fan, probably not. But in our eyes, I believe that's a super team. I believe that has the potential. Uh, Go ahead. Can, can I say timeout? I think when we say super team, we, you know, like this is like getting to that Hall of Fame discussion, right? Where like guys like Mitch Richmond are now in the Hall of Fame. We're like, okay, well, what does the Hall of Fame even mean anymore? Like super team means you are the best damn players at your position. And now you're combining, like, that's what that means. Do I think anybody in the Bulls is the best player in their position? No. No, so I don't think they're a super team. I think they are a bunch of dudes who are pretty good. They have two all-stars, maybe. Like, we don't know if the Rose is going to be an all-star anymore. He wasn't last year. And Lonzo, we don't know. So I, I don't think that's a super team. I think that's a good team, and it's completely unproven. But I think, like, we're talking, like, super teams are the cream of the crop players all on the same team. Like, we're thinking all-star game level stuff. Right. That, that's my definition of a super team. So I think Bulls fans are like, hell yeah, I'll take a super team. You know, but like we know they're not like like I think the 2011 team is closer to a super team than this one. And that's not even by like it was only D Rose. Right. It was just D Rose and like guys who all meshed well. Like so. And to, and Amar, you brought up a really good point about like the, what super teams lack is depth. Right. And so like, and as like, you're a football guy, like football is so, football depth is so important in football. Like you need all these depth and in basketball, we're seeing it too. Like, you know, in the finals or playoffs, they get cut short, rosters get cut short. So you have seven, eight. And if you have those set as guys, six, seven, eight are all really good. Like you got really good depth, but super teams. And we see that with the Lakers and it's not just super teams, right? All these guys are making max money. So that's why we're calling them super teams. It's like the same thing with the max contract. Like we know that these guys aren't max players, but they're signing quote unquote max contracts. So that's why the super team name gets floated out. But I still think it's the cream of the crop players and the Bulls don't have any of that. Sorry, Chicago. <laughs> and we can kind of argue. So this might, so all the listeners out there, this might rub people the wrong way. But in my opinion, I don't think those Warriors were a super team at all. Um, even adding KD, I don't think that they were a team. 
Um, just because you added KD with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, uh, to me, to me in my eyes, that's not a super team because half those players were drafted to the organization. And if you could draft a team and then build them up and to ultimately win a championship, because that's what every franchise goal is, how is that a super team? I don't think that Klay Thompson is the best player in his position, as, as Brandon State in his, in his argument. Uh, Steph Curry, yes, best player in his position. KD, best player in his position right now, debatable. Well, so to me, my definition personally of a super team, I think you have two A-level players and the third has to be an A-minus or higher. So the Bulls, for example, I think all three of those guys, all four are B-level players. You look at the Warriors, Clay yeah. Thompson was in one, but he was probably two or three. Steph was definitely one. KD, you could argue if he was one or two. And I also think another component to it is they didn't have a ton of major holes, right? Like, you look at the Heat, even the Heat of 2012-2013, no, no one would give them a center. They were almost blackballed. No one would give them a – they were starting Chris Anderson or Joel Anthony, and I'd rather have myself yeah, as Joel center Anthony. than those guys. Yeah, exactly. So I think what makes those Warriors a super team is you sort of looked at them and you were just like – especially when they added KD, you're like, how do you beat them? What is their weakness? You go to to beat them. And I didn't think any team in the league had an answer to beat those guys. So I sort of, that's what made them a super team level team. Yeah. I mean, and it seems like the way the team is constructed matters to some people. Um, and for me, it's just like, what is the end result of super team, which means does, do they have like, when they added Kevin Durant, I think even when the season started, we were all like, well, I guess who's, who's going to play the Warriors this year? It's probably going to be the Cavs. But like we all, yeah. like it was all set in stone. There was not even a question of who was going to beat that team. Like that wasn't even, a, so like that's where, and kudos to the Warriors for doing it through the draft. Um, but, you know, Draymond is also elite defensively. I mean, this elite defensively and elite B-ball IQ. And, you know, when you add that to the, four, to the three other dudes who were already there, I mean, that is, you saw what happened, you know, when you saw KD hosting those finals MVP trophies. So well, I think also, too, what helped was I don't mean to cut you off there, James, but I think what helps also was KD also happened to play the best defense of his life when he got there. Now, that could be contributed to Steph taking more of an offensive role and KD having to do less than he did. But I think that Warriors team was just a perfect mesh of they drafted guys who played together for a while. And I think the egos all blend it. So I think you can draft a super team, but I think it's sort of looked at in a different lens. Like it's a little bit more respectable than you just being a big market. And you're just like, hey, we have all this money. Come play with us. So, so you take Clay Thompson off the Warriors. Is he the same player that we saw moving forward? If, if Clay well, Thompson. I think it's hard to say because I think you could make the argument about a lot of guys because my my opinion on the NBA because I, I've known a couple guys as you know I'm from Milwaukee so I played basketball with Jordan Poole, um, Kevon Looney and so I think sort of with the NBA I think it's all sort of where you land which sort of shapes your career like Scottie Pippen Scottie Pippen has six rings because he got to play with Jordan if Scottie Pippen goes to like I don't know some like the Bucks in the 90s we're oh, that guy was a good score, good two-way player, but never really did much. And we look at him in a completely different lens. So I think it's all sort of about where you land. And I think Clay's skill sets were so perfectly fit for the Warriors 
He doesn't need to dribble. He can score 60 and dribble the ball 10 times. But I think you do make a point of if Clay is on the on another team, he's on the the Heat or the Jazz or something. Maybe, maybe he isn't Clay, but it's hard to say because we haven't seen him anywhere else. Now, I love that you just brought up the Chicago Bulls because we're going to take this conversation and bring it a little bit further to probably when uh, Brandon was in was in school, uh, the, the, the the old man walking right now. But so we're bringing it back to the Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my 90 attire right now. Oh, my God. Um, so to me, the Bulls were not a super team. They were just a very, very good basketball club. Well, uh, maybe not 98. No, that was a mess. I mean, 90, to be honest, you, you look at Michael Jordan and you look at Scottie Pimpin and then maybe throw in Dennis Rodman. Then you have great role players, great supporting cast. You have no other big names, quote unquote. Yes, we can, we can explain that Michael Jordan probably played with more Hall of Famers or competed against more Hall of Famers. But like Brandon just said, what is a Hall of Famer nowadays? And when we consider a super team, we're looking at two guys and like a big two, like Brandon said about his Lakers. We're looking at a big two right now with, with, with Jordan and Pimpin. And then the rest of the squad is just a really good supporting cast. Now, I feel like when we uh, talk about the Lakers right now and them thinking that they could be a super team, it's because you got guys like Melo, Dwight Howard, uh, Malik Monk, who are willing to come on board and sign. Now, honestly, everyone said that the Lakers are a super team because Carmelo signed and knowing damn well he's way out of his prime. Um, And everyone's saying that they're stacked. But they also said the same thing about the Lakers last season. And then look what look what the fuck happened. Part of my French, they fell apart. You're, you're gonna you're gonna honestly sit there and say that the Lakers last year were a super team compared to the team that we're seeing now with Trez, who uh, wasn't even. I know I'm getting off track here, but uh, Montrez Harrell, who disappeared, Dennis Schroeder, who's a fucking trash bag. Um, like all, 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 all I'll say is about like with the Lakers is that when your two best players miss like half the season, you're probably going to stink. Like, so it's just, you know, like if LeBron, I mean, if LeBron, if Pippen and Jordan miss half the season, the Bulls are probably going to stink. Like the same thing with any of these squads. Like, so, um, and LeBron has never missed time. So I, I just think it's a credit to who he is as an NBA player, right? Like his, he, whatever team he's on is a super team. So like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like the dude can be, um, playing at his backyard he's like well come on he's got brawny he's got bryce like jesus you know like it doesn't like they're gonna call his kids a super team so it doesn't really matter and to your point about the bulls um i, I think 98 no 96 i think you're really discrediting tony kukoc dennis rodman because the game was different but is that you scored, a team, you scored yeah hell absolutely because you scored 88 points in the 90s you win the game like you know so if you have a guy who gets 20 rebounds a game and plays elite defense, like possessions are more important when scoring is at a premium, you know? So, uh, and Kukoc, I mean, Kukoc was a stud, dude. Like Kukoc was a star. And that's a guy, like you're talking about what could Clay Thompson be? What could a Kukoc been if he was given the reins to do whatever he wanted? Like, we, you know, we see Luka Doncic have the ball, like his usage rate is probably like, 46 percent or something like that like it's yeah. outrageous <clears throat> so imagine if kukoc was given that opportunity you know so uh, he was on the bench and in crunch time 
like Phil Jackson was called play for Kukoch, not Pippen, when Jordan was on the sideline, when Jordan was retired. So that goes to show you how good Tony was. Well, thank you for tuning into the No Limit Jumper podcast. We are officially in season two and have a lot more in store for you. For more episodes, content, and sports news, you can visit www.nolimitjumper.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at No Limit Jumper. Now back to the show. Well, I'll say this too. Like, I think with the Lakers of last year, a team with Kyle Kuzma as one of your top players, you can't be a super team. Kyle Kuzma no. disqualifies you. Thank you. Um, Kyle Kuzma disqualifies you automatically. And I think with the Bulls, they had Kukoc, who was the sixth man of the year. Kerr finished like fifth or sixth as the sixth man of the year. Um, Pippen, Jordan, and Rodman were all all defensive guys. So, and I think it was also, like you said, like in the 90s, like it wasn't, you didn't need a third guy to score 20. No one was scoring 110, 115. So, I think it's hard to like, I don't know, it's hard to compare the errors, but I think for that era then, I think they're a super team because you look at them and you're like, what is the Bulls' weakness? How do you beat that team? And I don't really know if there's an answer to how you beat them. So I think that's what makes it. Where do you differentiate a well-coached basketball team from a super team? According to Brandon's logic, none of those guys that were mentioned besides Scotty and Jordan were the best in their position. So according to Brandon's logic of a super team, that's not a super team. Um, I'm looking at outside of it. Well, that's because it's, it's changed. Like that is, we're judging a team 25, 30 years ago. And, you know, when LeBron James took less money to join, but when they all agreed to take less money, yeah. that is when the super team changed. That's when it's like, oh, well, like that's when I feel the definition of that term just evolved into something else, right? Um, and maybe you, can even, you could even say it started in 04 when Gary Payton and Malone joined the Lakers, you know? And that Whoa. was like, because Gary Payton was in his, I think he was an all-star the year before that. And look, we're seeing this in hindsight with knowing what happened. Like, you know, like what, what was the media coverage before, before the season started? You know, and even the 2012 Lakers, like there was a slam, like slam cover of Dwight Howard and Steve Nash saying, this is going to be fun. You remember that stupid cover? Because I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. So, you know what I'm saying? Like the media spins it as super teams because of names, right? I think the super team now is you need to be the elite positions in the 90s. I mean, Rodman was as elite as you can get. Just because he didn't score doesn't mean he, like this dude won titles in San Antonio. Like He was top guy, 10 in MVP in 96 the, as well. The dude was a prime, prime position player, Hall of Famer, without any, without any question. Just because he wasn't Carl Malone and Sean Kemp at the time uh, or Vin Baker but it doesn't mean that he wasn't elite. Like this dude, he didn't, they didn't need him to score. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he was Draymond on steroids. So yeah, in the current landscape of what a super team is, the Bulls team doesn't make sense. But back then, 100%, like 100%. And I think we kind of just lean towards super team because we think that team cannot be beaten. But back in the 90s, people thought they could beat the Bulls. People thought that they compete with this team. And um Teams around the league. Well, they, then they went. Then they went seventy-two and ten. Exactly, and they went seventy-two and ten, and, and the vibe was still different. We're not seeing the same thing with the NBA now. And I like the point that you brought up with the Lakers and everything, and the super team and everything. And once people decided to take less money, what people don't realize is that's their decision. 
if they want to make a decision based on their financial situation and be like, Hey, could I make 40 million over here a year or go here and make 12 million, but possibly win a championship. Who's going to fault that player for that. And more importantly, you can't, you can't harp on his decision because he wanted to go there. Um, And I posted this on Instagram too. It's Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, and and Trevor Ariza are all signed for 15 fucking million dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? And it's like, that's unheard of because all those players could make significantly more on other teams. Malik Monk, who's a young player, you don't even like, that's not even heard of after Trey Young just signed a, a $207 million deal after all these young guys are getting that bag. Malik I mean, Caruso like, oh, made $40 million. Dollars, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. It's, well, it's, go ahead, Amari. Well, I'll say this, right? I, well, I think it's always taken some sort of financial sacrifice. I think you look at if Pippen doesn't take that absolutely ludicrous deal for what he's worth at the time, maybe the Bulls never form because maybe they never get those elite role players. I might also like say, I think – you said uh, 04. I think we've had super teams since we've had basketball. Look at the 60s. Yeah, that whole team is Hall of Famers. Obviously, it wasn't a ton of teams in the league, so it's a little bit different. Charles Barkley, who made the comment about the like LeBron's path, I thought it was funny because he was drafted to a team with Moses Malone and Dr. J. They left, and he was like, I'm not doing this, and goes to a 50-win Suns team. He can't beat the Bulls. I'm not doing this either. Tries to go to the Rockets after they win. And then they don't win. So I think it's funny that he said it. You've had KG. You've had all these guys. And I'm not faulting them. KG gave the Timberwolves all he could. Like, he deserved to win a ring. All these great guys deserve to win a ring. I don't want to see great players waste their career away. Like, imagine if LeBron just played in Cleveland all these years. They were going to be too good to ever get a Kyrie or second best player. And I don't want to watch that. I want to watch Dane and Beal and all these other great players compete for a chip. You know, yep. even if they don't win, I want to watch them at least get a chance to compete for it. Now, so I want to bring this question up for all of you, and I'm going to let Brandon go. Um, but would you rather have teams like the Nets compete every night and watch them play? Or would you rather like – like I'm a big fan of big twos. Set up a big two, have other players around and compete. I don't like everyone trying to join this and join that and join that. So I just wanted to bring that up to you guys is would you rather uh, a super team, super team compete and watch that consistently? Or would you rather just uh, an evenly competitive team where everyone wants to, to win? Um, I, it, <laughs> you know, as a guy who watched Kobe um, for a long time, you know, that was one thing I really loved about him, like his ability to just play hard every single game and bring it right. And then to come go to LeBron and AD is like a, it's a total different universe of these kind of players, right? Because now they pick and choose the games they want to play. Um, so, you know, the answer is I don't know because I don't know what these guys want. You know, like you said, like it, it, it's hard to say because I just want guys who are going to play hard. Like that's really what I want. I want guys who are going to play hard, represent my team, uh, the team that I love. Um, to the best of my the best of their abilities and luckily i live in los angeles some people want to live here um you know people want to come here and lebron's here now so like, it's a more attractive city than some other cities and i know that um, i'm very aware of that so um you know this la has a lot more going for it like la basketball wise but it's also like it, it's just weird man with the way these guys just kind of do things so it's you know LA is always going to have super teams, man. It's just the way it is. Like we had those four years of where we were atrocious. And like, 
I I think the entire city was like depressed. <laughs> like, I think that was I think we'd rather have like our COVID world, our COVID bubble with a title than go back to the Wayne Ellington where he's our best player. <laughs> you know, like I don't think we want that again. But so it, it my my answer my answer is twisted because of the Lakers history, you know. The funny thing is, is when I think about Kobe and I think about him competing for those five championships outside of Shaq and everything, I do, those those two championships that I know you know what I'm talking about. I never thought that that was a super team. I thought that oh, that, absolutely that, not. That was all Kobe. Kobe made those players great. Kobe made uh, well, Pau Gasol what he is. So, uh, well, Pau was Pau was great, but Kobe yeah. made him a, a champion. You know, to to get to focus. Because when in 2008, like you can watch any play, like KG just punked this dude. Um, and he was punkable. You know, Kenny and Martin punked him in 08 too. So like he, Kobe got that toughness in him, but you're, you're right. Like Pau was not like uh, that A level. He's more of like on the Chris Bosch level, if we're going to go on that far. And maybe Bosch is actually a little bit better than him. So um, yeah, I, I think you're right there. And Amari, being on the, the next generation coming up, being a little bit younger than us, what do you think? What is your analysis on them? Well, I'm just going to ask you a quick question before I give an answer. Do you guys consider the Bucks a big three, or do you consider Giannis and just Middleton? Now, that's where, that's where I'm confused because, obviously, Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league, and he can obviously flat-out score the rock. Um, but I honestly think it's just Giannis and Middleton. I think, okay, I agree. I think without Chris Middleton, you don't win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Holiday is Drew Holiday throughout the play, whole playoffs and even in the finals was very inconsistent. Some nights he went off, some nights he stayed he stayed at bay. But Chris Middleton was really that guy to put them over the hump. And obviously Giannis, you get Giannis, but then you got to look at the role players. So I'm thinking the Bucks are the probably the first team since the Dallas Mavericks to not be considered a super team to win an NBA championship. Yeah, but I don't um, think Holiday is a role player, though. Exactly. He's well, no, he's not. That's, that's he's a great player because he's about this. Yeah, because he's like almost as a he's like almost there. Like he's there, it's like a two and a half, right? And someone who sort of watched this. Go. Okay, that, all right, we're good. So yeah, we're back. I think me and my some of my buddies were talking about this, or not joking, but talking about this. The the difference, the reason we won the championship this year and we didn't win it in 2019. The only two differences are Drew Holiday was there instead of Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton actually gave us something. Like I, like James said, like Chris Middleton was the difference. In 2019, everyone talks about Giannis and the wall. The reason they were able to do the wall is because he had no one to give the ball to because Middleton couldn't score. But this year when you have Middleton and he's able to give you a 40-point night, you know, it completely changes the dynamic. So I think we are a big two with Holiday not being a role player, but being a B-plus, A-minus player. So, for me, I enjoy watching teams like that. Um, the Hawks, to me, I'm a Bucks fan. You know, everyone was, you know, fuck Trey Young, all that stuff in Milwaukee. But I enjoyed watching Trey Young, you know, sort of snake around screens and hit those crazy shots and bow and do all that stuff. So, my era and sort of what I've been watching has been mostly big twos for my – the majority of the time I've been watching basketball. So this is what I prefer personally. Yeah, I love every time we do an NBA segment. And anyone I'm doing the show with brings up the Hawks because of me. Gotta love it. I gotta love it. Because I, I remember I'm at the Deer District and people, I just, this is how I am. You know, my high school, we played Jalen Johnson stuff. 
if you chant overrated or, oh, fuck this player, blah, 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 that player's going to go off. So to me, when I hear, fuck Trey Young or fuck Chris Paul, I'm like, please don't do that. I don't want them to score 50 on us. But, um, like, that stuff is exciting to me. I also, I remember when the trade happened, too, I just have a little bit of a brag about Trey because everyone was like, Dallas, uh, trick, like, oh, my God, Dallas crushed them in that trade. And I love Trey Young at Oklahoma. And so just part of me wanted my take to be right. I just love when Trey Young succeeds. So. But uh, wrapping everything up, um, the term super team, I will never use it. I will never, I will never label a team a super team unless it's too good to be true. And I, I even don't think the Nets are a super team. I, I just think that, you know, teams are making decisions. Teams are making moves, putting people together. Obviously, Kyrie Harden. Putting people together. Like, James Harden literally just got fat and said, I want out. Like, yeah. that's, you know. Like, <laughs> he put the fat suit back on. He took it out of retirement. This guy literally had a, opened up a double-double at halftime and is like, nah, man, just trade me. I want to go to – and so, like, like Brooklyn is a, probably the only super team. If Dame – somehow makes his way to the Lakers clearly clearly that's another super team right and maybe this would be the new generation of super teams but the NBA is getting deep dude that's what I wanted to add like the NBA is getting super deep so I think we're going to see like that term start to, to, to change again as we're like no you they have six good players now like you know the NBA is getting deep man like and especially like I think next year's a double draft right so we're going to get like the two the rookies um the college kids and the high school kids so we're going to get a lot of dudes who can ball, um, and these teams are going to be stacked. There's no we're going to be like the white guy who can't play. It's going to be everybody who can play. So um, I'm looking. We're, we're going to see some stacked rosters, James. So you might have to say super team every once in a while. Yeah, maybe I'm just a, the uh, NBA fan who just doesn't want to accept it. But I'm going to end this off with Malik Monk, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, and Carmelo Anthony signed for $15 million combined. The Knicks just gave up $19.5 million to Evan Fournier. Let that sink in. Come back to us when you figure it out. And, guys, it was a great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode two of season two of the No Limit Jumper podcast.